0: There's been a lot of discussion about the Swedish approach to the coronavirus pandemic. And back in September, Jonas F. Ludvigsson, a paediatrician and clinical epidemiologist at the Karolinska Institute in Sweden, published a paper describing in detail what happened in the country during the first eight months of the pandemic, so between January and August 2020. I'm Eva Higginbotham, and I spoke to Jonas back in October.
1: Yeah, I think the Swedish strategy over the last eight months has been to... uh protect the vulnerable and the risk groups. It's also been to uh, keep society function. It's been to uh, mitigate the virus, that is to slow the pandemic rather than to completely stop the spread of the virus. It's been to try to take other aspects of health into consideration so that despite the fact that we're in the midst of a storm, there are other aspects of health such as psychiatric health, cardiovascular health, cancer, etc., which we need to take into account. Another very important aspect of this really strategy has been to implement strategies which are sustainable for a very long time and not to make too many sudden changes of the strategy. We planned for a long pandemic, a virus which might be with us for several years, and you can't have the same strategy if you're aiming to contain a virus for three weeks or four weeks or five weeks than if you're planned to live with a virus for several years. And I think that the main pillars of that strategy, I would say 90-95% of the population are aware of that. Keep the distance, wash your hands, stay at home if you're sick, and avoid meeting with people from the risk groups or, or people who are elderly. And the fact that we've had few recommendations. But the same recommendations throughout means that I think everyone is aware of the recommendations. And how was that approach
0: decided upon?
1: That approach was decided by the Swedish public health agency, I would say, in collaboration with the government and other important actors. It's important, I think, to remember that we do not have ministerial rule in Sweden. In other countries, I know that individual ministers can tell the departments, do this, do that. That's not the way things work in Sweden. Uh, Instead, we had a rather powerful government agency, such as the National Board of Health and Welfare, the Swedish Public Health Agency. So they make recommendations, and and traditionally, the government will follow these recommendations. I don't think there was actually much of a pandemic strategy before the pandemic hit us. There might have been some things, but I'm not aware of what it was, and I'm I'm not involved myself in any of these government agencies. When we were in the eye of the storm in March, April, and the disease had already hit us, I think we had to form a strategy then and to adapt to the situation. That includes one more very important component of the Swedish strategy, which I forgot. And that's been stressed over and over. And that was that the healthcare must not collapse. So we redistributed uh, resources within healthcare very much, rebuilt intensive care units, etc., to manage the influx of severely sick patients and to avoid a healthcare collapse.
0: Why do you think Sweden has been what seems like the outlier, in, in Europe at least? I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Sweden, I think, differs from some of the other countries in a number of aspects. One is the high, very, very high trust in government and government agencies. People trust the government and government agencies so that when they recommend and say, this is probably the best long-term strategy, most people will accept that and say, okay, let's do like the government agency says. That means we've had some recommendations, but very few laws, no police surveillance, no paying a sum of money if you don't follow some kind of regulations which the government has implemented or recommended. I also think that Sweden at an early stage decided this is not a sprint competition, this is a marathon. So we must have a sustainable strategy.
0: I'm just wondering how successful a strategy has it been in Sweden, in your opinion, and are there any regrets in general that you think should have been done differently or might be done differently going forward?
1: I think looking back now, when you know the scenario, there are definitely things which should have been done differently, yes. I mean, even though we have not had a general lockdown, if I'd known exactly what would have happened, and if I'd been the head of the public health agency or or even the prime minister, I might have said, "Okay, we're starting a general lockdown, let's say, February 26, and we're lifting it, let's say, uh, March 26 for the first month. But there was no one in Europe having a general lockdown by February 26, because it's simply almost impossible to initialize a lockdown before you have the virus, because you don't know when you're going to have it. If you know exactly when to apply a lockdown and know exactly when to lift it within a very short period of time, I think it could have made sense to have a lockdown. But I think most countries probably apply their lockdown way too late and uh, kept the lockdown for way too long time. That's my personal opinion. But looking back, if we'd known exactly what would have happened, perhaps a very short term general lockdown. I also think that if we'd known what would have happened, we should have tried to start producing protective equipment at a much earlier stage. As it was now, I think we had a strategy. The strategy was to protect the vulnerable and protect the elderly, but we failed to protect the elderly. That doesn't mean that the strategy was, was wrong, but that we did not have the means, the resources to implement the strategy 100%. A main reason for that was that there was a complete lack of protective equipment. I remember when I did my first evening in the emergency department after everyone started to talk about COVID-19, we had extremely little protective equipment. I wore the same protective equipment all night seeing very many patients because there was simply not enough. And at that stage, the government or the public health agency decided we're going to prioritise the healthcare for the protective equipment which is available. And that meant that there was no protective equipment for elderly care homes. And I'm not sure we could have done it differently, but I wished there would have been an opportunity to do it differently and to protect the elderly.